0: Welcome to the Bad Dad Horror Podcast with your hosts, John Couture and Sierra Couture. We all have daddy issues. Ours just comes with an extra helping of blood and gore. Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Bad Dad Horror Podcast. I'm the original Bad Dad, and your host, John Couture.
1: And I'm the co-host, Sierra Couture.
0: If you couldn't tell by now, Sierra is my daughter, and she is a tween. She's 10 years old, and she's recently become a fan of horror. She's read a few books, seen a few TV series and a few movies, and she really wants to get into watching more horror. Unfortunately... When I was growing up, we had video stores, and they were our guide defining what was new and out and what was interesting and fun. And we used to have these people called clerks who would work at video stores, and they would tell us, you know, what's cool and what's new. And and if you said, hey, I like this type of movie, they'll say, hey, I got some recommendations for you. Sierra, have you ever been to a video store?
1: Mm, One time, but it was a long time ago at Family Video.
0: That's right. And it was a pretty cool experience, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but it just closed down
0: Yeah, unfortunately all the family videos have gone the way of the dinosaur and blockbuster. They're no longer around, unfortunately. So if you're like me and you have kids that are in that rage range of 10 to 15 or so and they're looking for horror films, hopefully this podcast will be a little bit of a guiding light, if you will, in terms of what movies are appropriate to watch as well as how to go about getting your kids into horror more appropriately. That being said, I didn't want to jump in the gun and have Sierra watching a whole bunch of slasher flicks with blood and gore everywhere because, I mean, she is 10 years old, very mature for her age. But again, it's, you know, there's an appropriate time for watching things. So we decided to come up with a plan. We're going to watch some films. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about those films and talk about the horror genre in general and kind of what we expect to see from other films. And how do we go? Sierra, what expectations do you have for the podcast?
1: I hope that this podcast can be kind of like a place where you can let out all your feelings about the movies that you saw, like, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Cool. And what uh, what draws you to horror?
1: Well, I read a lot of horror books and I got interested in the horror movies and also Stranger Things. It's not too horror, mm, but Stranger it's like, things, yeah. it like kind of leads you into horror, which is what, yeah. yeah. And I also watched some other leading you into horror TV shows. That aren't quite horror, but they are like, like just showing you a taste of horror.
0: A taste of horror for sure. And Stranger Things is huge right now in your in your age range, and and that's and that's you know it's a very quality television show. I, I we watch it as well, and we, we are, it's an amazing show. But it is it certainly is a show that kind of you know kind of goes between two demographics. You know you're really You know, the younger kids really want to watch it, but there are some scenes that are probably a little scary. Were there any any scenes in the first four seasons that you were really scared about, Sierra? No. No? Oh, the brave face is on. There are some scenes that scared me. There there wasn't any scenes with Vecna or any of the uh, 11s? The
1: first time we saw Vecna was a little scary because I I did not expect him to look that.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. I understand. Yeah. It's horror Horror can be like that. But, you know, there's a lot of different types of horror. And that's something we're also going to get into. We're going to go over different horror films from different genres from all over the world, from many different time periods. And, you uh, know, hopefully by the end of this uh, uh, podcast, whenever that may be, uh, we'll have a nice series of films that we've seen together, right? Yep. Are you excited? Yes. All right. Well, let's get to it, shall we?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, the first film that we watched is the movie Psycho from 1960s, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. And we, I decided to start there because I've always felt that Alfred Hitchcock and with Psycho was really a turning point for horror. It's really the first film that captured a general huge audience and, and really introduced them to horror. And Alfred Hitchcock is known as the master of suspense, and he is a great director but Psycho is really one of the first and only of a few films that he did was truly what I would call a horror film. And, and everyone who came beyond after Psycho really took Psycho as a guide in terms of trying to pay homage to it, as well as, you know, really getting there. So, and if you're, if you're wanting to start get delving into the horror genre, I think Psycho is a good place to start. So we sat down recently and watched the film, and what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear Psycho? Probably this. Oh, man, that sound still gives me chills to this day. Now, Sarah, that's the first time you've seen Psycho, correct?
1: Yes, it is the first time.
0: All right, tell me, what did you think about it?
1: Okay. I don't know how much I like the black and white aspect, to mm-hmm. be honest, because mm-hmm. I feel like when you actually see how like badly that person got murdered,
0: mm-hmm. sure,
1: <laughs> it actually like helps add on to like this is Vincent stuff, in my opinion.
0: If it's in color instead of black and white?
1: Yeah, if it's in color.
0: Uh, okay, well, you know, you have to realize the times that we were in, 1960. Yeah, I mean, I do. there was a lot of colors out there for sure. And, and Hitchcock had done color in the past, in, in the 50s, and had done color afterwards, obviously. But he definitely took a stylistic choice in choosing black and white. You know, it may have been an homage to the 1930s horror classics like Dracula and Frankenstein, which, you know, I decided not to start there because... While I think those films are great and wonderful, I think I think they're best viewed as someone who's seen a lot of horror to go back and appreciate them. I really think if we would have started there, you would have been bored out of your head and probably would have been like, oh no, not there. So you didn't like the black and white per se, and you say there's a lot of gore. Now you have to realize <clears throat> this is the first film that showed that much horror. Up until this point, they really didn't show a lot of the horror. It always happened off screen and Again, this is before home entertainment, so the only way you could watch Psycho back then was at the movie theaters, and it was a huge Mm -hmm. box office success. Mm -hmm. So everyone went and saw it, and they always... One of the neat things about Psycho is if you you watch a scene, and the shower scene we're talking about where uh, Janet Lee meets her demise, and um, everyone at the time in the 1960s thought that they saw more than they actually saw there. Like, we saw naked Janet Lee get killed in the shower, and we saw all the naughty bits when in actuality, when you see the scene, it was cut so well that you don't see anything, but it really makes you think that you've seen them more than you have. Well,
1: yeah. Um, I think this is going to be a bit of a spoiler alert. That's okay. It's a 1960
0: film. So you're, I think, I think the spoiler alert, uh, police can let it by.
1: Um, but anyways, I like the end, um, plot twist though, a lot where it's like, uh, but, this guy was actually his mother is dead he's just like talking about how much like he's like his mother is dead but he's just impersonating her cuz he can't get like he can't get rid of the feeling that she's still there. Right,
0: definitely. I mean, oh, big spoiler yes, the 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 mom was dead the whole time and it was actually Norman Bates dressing up as his mother. Norman Bates has a lot of uh a lot of deep psychological issues, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that that final shot, that final scene where where Norman Bates in the police station, and they're going over, you know, they're talking about him and whether he's legally insane or not, and you just see that smile come across his face. I mean, that is one of that if if not the most iconic, one of the most iconic shots in horror of a killer after his crimes, just you know, you kind of realize that oh no, this guy seriously enjoyed killing those people he's yeah. still
1: gonna go on with it after he gets out of that prison
0: yeah well you know he's probably put off into a mental hospital prison and there are <laughs> you know there are sequels to psycho but i i don't think we'll get into them any anytime soon There, you know unfortunately like most of the films that you'll see a, a, as it goes around the sequels to horror films are not necessarily the best films out there um, but yeah, so what did you think about the aesthetics, um, like the sound, definitely like the the, the screeching sound that you heard, uh, at the top of this uh, segment is one of the most iconic sounds in horror. What did you think of that? Were you scared when you heard that and you saw the action that came in the bathroom?
1: I think it was, it was kind of, not gonna lie, mm-hmm. it was quite, um, yeah, it was kind of, I mean, I wasn't too scared when I heard the sound. per so. hmm I was a bit scared when I hurt, when like I see the shadow approaching the shower curtain. Oh sure.
0: It, anticipation always gets you, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, but it was all right. It wasn't that bad.
0: Definitely. Well, that's one of the things um and, and that's one of the things with horror films in general. There's there's an often debate what's more scary, the anticipation or the actual scene of what's going on. And as we The actual scene. you, know, you think for you it's the actual scene yeah. you want to see the blood and guts in horror while well, you yeah. are my daughter. That is for sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, for, as I get older, I, I tend to find that the suspense and then build up and the, and the tension that's brought on is perhaps even more scary than what's actually well, put out there.
1: I do like, I like the feeling of like the suspense and the like the tension, mm-hmm. but I don't like it as much as like seeing it all happen. I feel like when you're seeing it all happen, you're like, oh, God. He's dead.
0: Yeah. yeah, there wasn't. And again, another thing is filmed in black and white. One of the things that you don't get to see is you don't get to see the blood. At least the redness of the blood. You do see blood, but it's in a gray kind of black and white. And yeah, I, and yeah, it, yeah. that probably took away a little bit for the yes, aspect for you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like when you're not actually seeing the blood, it's harder to imagine how much blood is lost and how much like that right. hurt her.
0: Definitely. And, and to be fair, you know, as technology has progressed and gotten better over time, there's, they're able to get away with more things and able to shoot more things. And when you have computer generated graphics and able to, you know, create some of the blood and gore that you wouldn't necessarily be able to create on set with computer aided efforts, it certainly makes a difference. But, you know, right now you're a little too young to get there. That's why we're starting the 1960s. We're starting with Albert Hitchcock and that's kind of a good spot. I'm curious, as a film buff, as somebody who studied Hitchcock, as somebody who studied uh, these types of films and studied psycho yes. specifically, I really enjoy the film. I think it's a great right. film. But I'm yeah. wondering how people of your generation, those tweens and teens, what do you think they would think about this film? Do you think they'd find it scary? No. Really? Okay. No.
1: Because um, this is going to make me sound a bit crazy.
0: Well, we're but, all a little crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, the knife motions, I feel like when Norma Bates dressed as the mother is killing sure. people. He's Spoiler like Spoiler alert. <laughs> he's really jagged like bam, bam, mm-hmm. bam, bam. Like I don't I don't know if you'd kill someone like that.
0: With that big knife, you don't think just jabbing that knife in a person's body twelve, fifteen times, whatever it was? You don't think that would kill somebody?
1: I don't no, I know it would, but I don't right. think you would generally cut someone. I feel like you'd Slice
0: it. You want to slice. You want more of a slicey motion, not a stabbing motion. Yeah, stab I emotion. feel like okay.
1: like no, I feel like a stab, but I feel like it was really, really jagged stab. Like I feel like right. that just wasn't.
0: Well, realistic. you know, these types of killers and, and and you know they do have that impulse control problems where they can't really control themselves when they're in that killing aspect, that time when they're creating, yeah. committing the crime. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. And you know, he, you know, heaven forbid, I am certainly not going to critique Alfred Hitchcock you know, 60, 70 years later on a classic film saying, you know, maybe his, uh, filming techniques of the slashes weren't quite, you know, quite there, but you know, Hey, new generation, you can go ahead and critique. Um, is there anything else that you feel you want to talk about cycle? Anything that you want to leave us with?
1: Um, not really. I've just really Did he like carry, he carried, he carried her dead body around. I feel like a lot of the time because, When he was saying, "Mama, I've got to put you in the bunker,"
0: in the fruit cellar,
1: yes, <laughs> in the fruit cellar, she he like took someone. and You could see like the different legs. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh,
0: definitely. I mean, I mean so he I was, kept he kept her dead body in it, which know. makes
1: him even more crazy for yes, ju- not just killing people, but. Mm-hmm. Well, having the idea that his mom is still alive, that definitely. his mom is killing people.
0: Yeah, he had a lot of, you know, he had a lot of personality disorders, and that's you know part of it in terms of you know the they building of the characters of Norman, the character of Norman Bates, and um, and you're not privy because you just saw this movie in a vacuum, you haven't seen anything else, but there are a prequel TV show called Bates Motel, which was really well done recently, and there are sequels that are out there that talk about you know what Norman Bates did after that and, and some things, and again. Not done by Alfred Hitchcock, so uh, the, the sequels and 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 everything else is not quite the same standard and not Hitchcockian, as, as it were. But they also they tell good stories, and there was even you know maybe eventually someday, um, we'll we'll get into the remake of cycle. They re- remade this the movie a few years ago, about well, twenty years ago now. Gosh, I'm getting my age. Uh, you know, unfortunately, starred Anne Hayes, who who recently passed away. But, um, you know, it's a film that was done in color, so it would be interesting to see eventually when we get there and if you watch it, what you feel like that film remade in color, if it was scary because you could see the blood and you could actually see things in color, which I think is a pretty big deal for people of your generation. Yeah. Do you have any questions about Psycho or Alfred Hitchcock in general? No. Oh, we're good. All right. Let us go. Let us go, she says. All right. Well, the second film we're going to discuss this week is also an Alfred Hitchcock film, and that is The Birds, a 1963 film directed by Alfred Hitchcock. And it was actually the film that he followed up Psycho with. So imagine if you will take us back to 1960. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho is blazing through the box office. Everyone in America loves Psycho. They want more. Alfred Hitchcock's at the top of his game. What is he going to do next? What's the next film he's going to do? Well, the next film he decided to make was The Birds, and that's basically the film that would be his monster movie. And I know we've talked a little bit, here about different horror genres. you got slasher, you've got a lot of different horror films, you got Japanese horror, you got Korean horror, lots of different horrors. But monster movies is one of the classic subgenres. Urban legends. Urban legends, of course, for sure. But um, monster films are one of the original classic genres of horror. You've Frankenstein. got Frankenstein. Exactly. You've got uh, The Creature from the Black Lagoon. You've got a lot of these creature-type films. And in the 1950s, um, you know, we're starting to get to the period where we're uh, the U.S. was it just dropped a bomb on Japan at the end of World War II. Oh, uh, yeah. So nuclear energy was a big, scary thing. So science fiction horror really took off in the 50s. That's where you get the real crazy, scary... Scary creature feature horror films where nuclear fallout would make a big, huge praying mantis, and the praying mantis would go around. A fifty-foot praying mantis would go around and killing people. Uh, by today's standards, obviously it's very hokey, um, but you know some of those films don't hold up well. But it was a very, a very big movement, and as a kind of a, as a way for uh, Alfred Hitchcock to pay homage to that as well as to put his own stamp on the genre, he came up with the birds. And now this film is in color, so that's a that's a big improvement for Sierra. I bet. Yeah, it is. But and uh, so tell me, from your generation, what did you think of the birds?
1: I liked it. You All liked right. it. A real, Ju-
0: a real strong uh, review. there. I liked it. Three words. I love it.
1: Um, I uh, I really liked Kathy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Did you identify with Kathy? She seemed to be around your age. Yeah. Is it important for you to see characters in horror films that you can relate to that are around your age?
1: I do like to see characters that I can relate to, but Mm -hmm. it's not like if I don't have one in a horror film, but it's a great horror film, I'm not going to be mad about it. Sure, definitely. But, um, Kaffee is definitely one of my favorite characters and one of my favorite scenes. Mm Mm-hmm was when the birds were chasing the kids out of the school. Right. Because I just think it's really interesting on how they didn't move when they were in the school. Right. But then when the kids started running out, they attacked.
0: Do you think the kids should have stayed in school?
1: I feel like they should have stayed until the birds left.
0: Yeah. What if the birds never left, though? Would they just stay in school forever? I mean, isn't school horrible? I mean, you're 10 years old. You don't like school. I
1: know, but like no one, they probably wouldn't be teaching at the top of their lungs if there's a bird that's like going to kill everybody if they do anything right there.
0: That's a good point. When do you think that'd be a horrible torture? Would that be a horror movie for you, Sierra? Being stuck in school forever?
1: Mm, Hmm. It depends on the school.
0: That's true. You like your school.
1: My school's
0: okay. Your school's okay.
1: school's
0: okay. All right. So what did you think about the idea of these birds? I mean, how did you feel, um, you know, when Alfred Hitchcock filmed this in 1963, you know, visual effects weren't what they are today. They aren't computer-aided. They weren't, you know, they were all mechanical effects. So the birds were either real birds or they also had uh, mechanical birds that looked, well you know by today's standards they look pretty fake and 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 you know and while i enjoyed the movie i think it holds up pretty well the one area where i think the movie doesn't hold up quite as well as maybe other films in in his resume hitchcock's resume is that in the visual effects of the birds some of you know the the birds were supposed to be the scariest part of the film yeah is you know in some sequences they they look hokey you can tell they were filmed against a green screen and they look a little out of place you know, by the standards of the time period, I think it was well-done masterpiece, I but I don't think it holds up, per se. I feel
1: like a good th- part about a horror movie is like making it so it's not realistic because, like, I don't know, but like still kind of realistic at the same time. Sure. And I just don't feel like... Birds would be everywhere. Like there right. would be, a, there could be a lot of birds, but I don't feel like they would be literally everywhere, everywhere, everywhere.
0: Right. Well, that you things. know, that's another subgenre of of a horror. It's the attack of the benign threat that's out there. I mean, don't even get me started on the happening. We, I don't even know if we'll get there. It's an M Night Shyamalan movie. M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, you've seen a few of his films, haven't you? Yeah. You like M Night, don't you?
1: I want to see old really bad.
0: <laughs> you gotta see old really bad films well we can get there
1: no i want to see old oh Blue. the movie old, old oh, the i movie see old.
0: yeah we'll get there it's definitely a horror film it's really good but it's not one we're not quite there yet but we'll get to it maybe the future podcast we'll talk about it what do you think
1: yeah let's talk about it on this podcast future
0: definitely well i'll just uh spoiler alert for a little film called the happening uh talk about benign that movie the the wind was the big bad creature the wind the wind killed people
1: not gonna lie that sounds kind of cool
0: you think that sounds cool wow yeah and M. Night Shyamalan's gonna adopt you Sierra because that is definitely the film that's probably got his most uh on the most critics worst list um and it's uh it's a film that leaves a lot to be desired but I think we'll get there eventually and I'll be interested to see if it it's holds on up the for
1: critics worst you. list of all horror movies of all time
0: it's definitely not in the top ten best. I'll put it that way. Well,
1: I haven't seen it yet, so I that's can't true. say it's cool yet.
0: But you like the concept, okay? Well, I maybe. do like
1: the concept that wind is killing people because I feel like that might be able to happen one day.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, look now, we're, you know, with we're in the you know at the end of a pandemic going around, and while it's not the wind that's killing people, but there is an unseen virus that you know is communicable through the air, so you know that's very much this very similar way, and there are certainly pandemic. And um, virus-laden films that we'll get to eventually for mm-hmm. sure. So, um, what did you think about the film being set in a coastal town? Which normally you think of a coastal town. This is uh, set in Bodega Bay, uh, picturesque, uh, small community, um, not necessarily a setting, typical setting for a horror film.
1: I like the fact that you know where we go for vacation a lot of the time.
0: Well, yes, we it's go to we go to Hilton Hood Island. Yes.
1: I feel like Bodega Bay is kind of like Hilton Head Island in a way. Because like Hilton Head Island, I feel like, I mean, it's not the most popular place to go for vacation. Sure. On
0: there. I gotcha.
1: And neither is Bodega Bay in the
0: movie.
1: <laughs> uh, It's a little less popular than Hilton Head Island. I, I
0: think it. that's fair. I think I think Hilton Head is actually quite popular, but we do Quite pop,
1: more popular than Bodega Bay. Sure. But it's not as popular as like Panama. Or
0: sure. Definitely. I mean, there's, there's definitely different areas. Um, or like but, Orlando.
1: But um, I feel like I do like the fact that, like, Padigabay Bay is just like a small, quiet town mm-hmm. by the shore. Then it gets attacked by birds and everyone's dying.
0: Yeah. It's kind of scary. Did, did it remind you of another film that we watched recently where it was a small coastal town that was a, under attack by an animal out in the water? And had a real good soundtrack that played that dan, 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 dan. Yeah. by Steven Spielberg with a shark
1: Oh, Jaws.
0: Yes, Jaws. Do you see any parallels between Amity Island and Bodega Bay? It's both small towns.
1: Both small towns and both use normal things that you see every day in your life right. to like commun- to like to make you scared like a normal beach day turns into right. a shark murdering everyone. Right. And normal birds chirping outside your house turns into birds sucking your eyes out.
0: Right, definitely. So that's definitely scary. Those so there's some parallels there. Well, you'd be you'd be surprised, but you know, in retrospect now that you've seen Jaws and you've seen yeah the birds, there's I mean, Steven Spielberg was a huge Alfred Hitchcock fan, and there are several scenes in that movie Jaws, and maybe we will go back and watch it, maybe even for this podcast, that um
1: well Jaws isn't really too yeah.
0: horror. so it's a little bit of horror, but. Yeah. No? Oh, she's yeah. giving me the no, it's not horror. Anyhow, but there are some f- scenes in Jaws where Steven Spielberg took in or basically exactly like the scenes that you see in uh, The Birds, like the the instance of them finding the dead body in the house with the eyes gouged out is very similar to when um, they're diving down in, in that shipwreck and they see that body that's had its eyes gouged out, very similar. So there's a lot of parallels there. And I think... Again, this is another reason why we started with Hitchcock and these two films is I think that a lot of these films are the basis for a lot of other films. A lot of homages, a lot of the directors that came after Hitchcock look back upon Hitchcock as the master. And in a lot of their films, they would, you know, pay tribute to Alfred Hitchcock by, you know, taking scenes or different aspects of his films and bringing it into their films. Is that something that excites you looking forward as we go along trying to see where that those homages take place? Yeah. Excellent. I have a couple more questions here. How do you feel about the fact that the end of the film was left ambiguous? There wasn't really an ending. What do you feel about the ending?
1: I like that. I like that the ending was like that. Because either you can imagine that they escaped, they're fine, they did everything right. Mm-hmm. Or you can imagine that they didn't escape and the birds got to them. Right. And the birds now rule Bodega Bay.
0: Right, definitely. And I think that's one of the... I feel it's a very interesting uh, trope that you find in horror films quite a bit is that um, they leave the endings open, wide open, in terms of not giving you a satisfactory ending. There's certainly some horror films that have a clear-cut ending. Killer's destroyed, life is resumed, everyone's happy, or the killer kills them all and we just keep on living life. But uh, I do kind of feel like a lot of horror films fall into this trope where... They leave things open Because they want the audience To kind of fill in the blanks And you kind of You know Whether you're an optimist Or a pessimist In terms of how you Fill in that blank How do you think The movie ended Sierra
1: Okay This is gonna be A long talk Okay so I think Bring it on So they are driving Right They're driving through And I think Mm -hmm. They at least Saw the birds And the birds are like Looking at them funny Like the birds are like You're still alive (laughs) And so the birds are, like, wanting to kill them, but they're, like, they can't get into the car. Mm -hmm. But then, like, a swarm of them come, and they're, like, really pecking, pecking, and pecking at, like, the windowsill or something. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And they, and then they maybe get in, and then they, like, and then, like, Mitch is, like, fighting them off. Sure. And then like as he's
0: driving, he's fighting them off. Ooh, that I like. I like where you're going with this. And so like
1: then the like uh, yeah, so the car starts like getting shaky and stuff, and like the car is getting shaky. Mm -hmm. And um, so like
0: so the car is getting shaky. Mitch is fighting them off while he's driving. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then the birds end up like biting a couple of them, like drawing blood. Oh yeah, for sure. Now more people need to go to the hospital. They all have
0: to go to the hospital.
1: And so Mitch can hardly drive. Oh no! And so thankfully they're reaching the end of the road, and so they're getting off. But they're like the birds are still looking at them, and the sure. birds can't reach them anymore.
0: Why can't the birds reach them?
1: Because I feel like the birds—they just want to stay in Bodega Bay. Like they don't. So wanna... you think
0: this is definitely related to Bodega Bay? This is an isolated incident. I feel but... like it was
1: uh-huh. the birds can't kill past bodega bay i feel like okay. something happened in bodega bay a long time ago sure that made the birds have to like maybe yeah
0: yeah yeah that's another thing we didn't really talk about but that's a good point you bring up is they never well while they did offer a few suggestions along the way um one of the crazy ladies said that um melanie uh Daniels was the cause of the all the uh her coming to bodega Bay is what caused it. You know you could also run, you know you can also kind of you know put some thought into maybe the love birds that she brought to bodega Bay is what caused the other birds to go crazy, but they don't really you know Hitchcock wasn't really concerned about that he didn't spend any time you know again giving you answers in terms of what caused the birds to become for violent like,
1: for like the whole mov- movie. I thought she was the one that like. Was making the birds do this. Then I figured sure. out, well, probably not because like she actually likes Mitch. So I don't know if she would like kill his small sister. <laughs>
0: Yeah, she definitely didn't have any violent tendencies. Or I feel th- like
1: she did not, and no. um, she, she went and she was like friends with Annie, and Annie yeah. kind of died. So yeah. I don't well, feel like she would have killed
0: Annie. I think she has some, you know, some bad karma about her. Remember, there was that whole part about her being in Rome and getting thrown into the fountain with no clothes yeah, on. Yeah, I feel
1: like there might, like wherever she goes, bad luck might follow. Now good because point. like, I did see it. when she was in San Francisco around the bird shop, there were birds circling in the sky. That's true. And then she went to Bodega Bay, and there were kind of birds in the sky when she was driving.
0: Oh, my God. There are birds in the sky. Sierra, that's crazy. How would that ever happen?
1: (laughs) There are a lot of birds, and they were, like, following her wherever she goes.
0: So um, she may have been the impetus for the uh, I feel like
1: she just had a lot of bad luck with her, and, like, Mm -hmm. that bad luck, like, just circled up, and the birds were, like, attacking her. Yeah,
0: definitely. So do you have any final thoughts on the birds? I liked it. You liked it. Did you like it better than Psycho? Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. What would Eight you rank uh, Psycho?
1: Seven out of ten.
0: Seven out of ten. So you liked the birds better than Psycho. Yeah. Is it because it was in color?
1: No. <laughs> it's because I feel like it just, I like, I really like the ending. I really, really
0: like the ending. You like the ending. I like it also, as well. It's definitely one that leaves you wanting more. Yeah. It leaves you questioning. And I mm-hmm. always find, um, no matter what the genre is, if you watch a good movie, I think a great film is one that after you see it, when you leave the theater or you turn off the DVD player or, you know, for those of you back in the day, the Betamax player, you turn it off and, uh, you know, and you sit there and the film sits with you. It keeps making you ask questions. You keep thinking about it. It keeps, you know, it's in your head and you, you keep thinking about it. Films that make you think and films that definitely, um, give you some reason to, you know, to keep thinking about those films and to ask these questions, I think are some of the best films. And I agree. I think both Psycho and The Birds are like that. And, And The Birds is definitely a film that, you know that definitely hits that that mark where it's uh, it it uh, it just makes you think, and it definitely leaves you with a lot to, to digest and go over.
1: This is a short little story for the listeners of the podcast.
0: Uh, let's hear it.
1: It kind of relates to the birds. So there's this guy that keeps saying the world is gonna end and stuff. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: I was going to a hike the other day, and sure. there was like this huge sign. And It was like, prepare to meet thy God. It actually Ooh. said that in huge bold letters and on a huge sign, right? It literally said that. And I, was, and I thought of the birds which we had just watched before going, right? There.
0: Definitely, yeah. The guy in the bar who said, who kept quoting Bible scripture and saying, the end is near, the apocalypse, and the reasons that he justified his drinking. He may have just had a drinking problem, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So you heard you saw that sign, you still went on your hike, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm glad y'all and mommy came back because that would have been a real bad uh, way to end life. To see that <laughs> sign. However, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But yeah. those ominous signs like that are certainly a horror trope that f- comes up in a lot of different horror films. So you'll once you see some other films as we get a little go along our journey, I think you'll f- see that that sign was even more indicative of horror and what lies ahead. Well, do you have anything else you want to add to either the Burge cycle, Sierra?
1: I am
0: done you are done well and we're out, we're out of time this week thank you so much for joining us this is uh, again our first episode of the bad dad horror podcast and if you want to reach out to us we have an email address you can reach us at baddadhorror all one word at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you have questions feedback anything and you send us an email and we'll get it maybe we'll read it on the air and we'd love to talk about it but until then thanks for joining us and again i'm your host john couture
1: and I'm your co-host, Sierra Couture. We we'll be,
0: be back. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back, because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Oh!